0: Town Hall Academy, Episode Seventy.
1: You've got to be patient. Your resilience and determination have to outweigh and outlast their
2: skepticism, and you just got to stay with it. Consistency of action. You yeah. have to. Once you make a decision, you have to go down the path. And if it's a if it's a path of failure, you go fail and you learn what you need to learn, and then you go down the next path. Yeah. But. I think you're breaking trust. We, we said that people have to trust us and we have to trust them. When you're a leader and you come in your business, you say, hey, I went to, I went to Murray's class and, and man, I learned something and we're going to do this. And three weeks later, we're not doing it and nobody's taking action. You're breaking trust.
0: Welcome automotive aftermarketers to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to Remarkable Results. Welcome to the Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy, the only weekly forum for aftermarket professionals bringing fresh and innovative discussion to inspire and grow individuals and companies. You are with Academy Episode 70, the business coach's lab on leadership. Hey, Carm Capriato here, thanking Jasper Engines and Transmissions for the support of the Town Hall Academy. You know, a new vehicle may look and smell nice, but they come with seemingly endless monthly payments, higher license fees, and higher insurance premiums. Here's the better solution. Offer your customers remanufactured components from Jasper that will give a new lease on life for your customers trusted old friend did you know that you can earn elective credits from AMI on select Tunnel hall academy episodes find everything you need to know at remarkable slash AMI there's many ways to subscribe to the podcast up to and including my own app available for apple and android just search for remarkable results radio on your app store it's a great app to listen to this podcast and it's free you'll like how it works I'm always reinventing the content from the Aftermarket's Premier podcast. And in this episode, I'm introducing a series called the Business Coaches Lab. I'm so happy to present a group of aftermarket business coaches that have earned their stripes and have a success record that qualifies them as an asset to this panel. It is fitting that our first Business Coaches Lab be on leadership. As a point of information, we will continue the Business Coaches Lab as a series. Look for important topics we will bring you every so many weeks. With me for the Leadership Lab is Cecil Bullard, Bob Greenwood, Jude Larson, Rick White, and Murray Voth. Find the coaches' bios, previous podcast episodes, and their company's website on the show notes page, RemarkableResults.biz A070. You'll also find the Cliff Note talking points there that can act as a great action to-do list for you. The value of this lesson will bring you rewards for years to come. Don't forget this episode is on demand that allows you to listen a few times to get the full impact. We get into some very deep discussions on the value of leadership, but also on how you can start to be a better leader. Yes, leadership can be learned and practiced. Now listen to the first business coach's lab on leadership. guys, we're ready to talk about leadership. And he, here's, what, here's how it hit me when I was a much younger man, when I realized that what I was currently doing wasn't working anymore. And I, I stopped and I said to myself, so what do I do now? And it, I think it happens with every person who realizes they need to be in a leadership role, but they don't necessarily know what that means or how it works. And so I picked up a book from John Maxwell called Developing the Leader Within You. It was in 1998 that I picked up that book just a few years ago, and it was in the first paragraph that it really shook me, and, and I became a, a Maxwell fan, read a ton of his books. Uh, hopefully, we'll talk about two of them yet today, and it was that leadership is influence nothing more, nothing less. It's, a, it's one of those quotes I'll never forget, and so I really want you to think deep about that, and let's start a leadership lab Bob, let me ask you, leadership um, must permeate an organization. So who's responsible for it?
3: It always starts with the owner. And uh, I look at it this way, is that as an owner, you're responsible for developing the culture of your company. Now, to be able to do that, you have to have, in my opinion, at least to start with a 10,000 foot view. You're up there, you're looking over everything, not only just your business, but also the industry. And a good leader also has outside reference points, people they have conversations with on these issues so that the leader can get perspectives in place. And by doing that, then they can start to bring together the vision as to where the company is going to go by looking at the strengths of their business, the strengths of their people, and where to fine tune them to lead them on the path to where they want to go. And truly leadership is not all about the individual. It's about the team and bringing that team together. It's
0: got to start there. Cecil, you got to have a vision, right?
2: I think the company's going to go somewhere. And if someone doesn't have a strong vision, you're going to go where the strongest person's vision is. As, as Bob was talking, I'm thinking about marketing and, uh, and some discussions that have kind of been going on the last couple of weeks. And, you know, one of the things, at least in my company, I'm looking for people that will let me lead them. Also, I, I don't want, I'm not talking about milk toast people that are just going to be let around. I want strong people with great ideas, but their ideas need to be in line with my ideas about the business, or at least somewhat. Uh, uh, I think some dissension is good, but I'm not looking for that guy that won't, you know, I had one of those people in my company actually that was a great person. I, I still think they're a fantastic person, super smart, but wouldn't be led. So yeah, you got to have vision. I mean, vision is the—it's the leader's primary role—is to create the vision for the company. Where are we going? Who are we going to be? And that's what creates the culture. So I I, I agree with uh, I agree with Bob on that.
0: Yeah, Murray, I think you have an opinion on that. That you, it's just difficult to just go out and think you're going to lead if you can't find the followers.
4: Well, I've been reading a lot on the cultural, anthropological, sociological background of leadership. Um, for a guy in the automotive business, I'm a bit of a nerd in disguise. Um, working with a couple of my friends in academia, we have discovered that leaders can only lead if the followers allow them, which is almost uh, reverse psychology or a reverse perception of what other leaders are saying. Now, I'm not disagreeing with what the other coaches are saying, but the let me get, let me explain my definition of how I get there. Great leaders provide hope for their followers. they provide hope by creating a sense of direction, which is what bob and Cecil are talking about, and they also create a sense of of uh, competence which you know talks about providing opportunities for training and being better so if you work in an organization or you're part of an organization where there is no sense of direction and when there's no sense of competence, you lose hope and you begin to look for somebody else to lead you. So that's how I come up with the, the concept of uh, followers allow us to lead. If we are providing hope with a sense of direction and a sense of purpose, uh, not purpose, that would be part of it, and a sense of competence, uh, we provide hope for people. And I'm not talking about hope for Winning the lottery or hope for uh, what happens when you die, but the fact that when I go to work, I've pushed that ball forward just a little bit.
2: I gotta, I gotta respond. Um, I'm sorry, guys. We'll, I'll, I'll be quiet later. Um, <laughs> after the, other the thing, show. yeah. After the show. The, the <laughs> other thing is, and I think this is super important. A, a good leader is so sure of the plan, so sure of the destination that you can't help but follow. They're not going to let somebody on the team that's not going to play the game and not going to be focused. I mean, a good leader is – that's one of the things that, that, that binds people to you is you're so confident of your direction and what you're going to do and the success that you're going to have that they, 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 they attach themselves to you. And, right. and you don't you don't let other people screw it up. Right. Uh, um, yeah. Even maybe sometimes to your own detriment, you get rid of somebody who might have really helped you but they're not on your they're not on your play plan. They're not they're moving the way that you want. So, I think yeah. that, that that confidence that you have creates some of that also. People follow confidence. They yeah. follow people that have a vision that know where they're going. Um, and, and so many shop owners, if you ask them, you know, what, you know, what's up in the next two years or where are you going? They have no. They're just surviving. It's just like I just want to make it through today. you, you can't you can't lead people just trying to make it through today. There has to be this beauty, you know, this thing out there that, 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 that we, we can achieve, that we can be.
3: And Cecil, if I may add to that, is that you're absolutely right on that vision concept. If you have a player that doesn't want to be part of that vision, the bus door has got to be open. And it's time to change. Bye-bye now. The, the issue is is that when you're constantly referencing yourself in your business and making sure you're on the right path, then you're bringing the team together that wants to be part of that path, and they want to go down that. Now, that's the difference between having a job and a career. A career, they want to be part of the business. They want to have that input. They want to follow your vision, and they believe in your vision, whereas a job, you just
2: buy into the vision to keep your job. That doesn't mean you believe in it. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if you buy in a job. You, you, you try to get through the day and get your paycheck. Yeah, in a company with a, a great vision, you're you're thinking, wow, three years from now I can be this, or, or next month I can have this. Exactly. Um, you know, it's this it's this idea that there's this guy named Marcus Buckingham exactly. uh, writes mm-hmm. leadership. Um yeah. and I think he's one of yeah. my favorites because mm-hmm. he talks a lot about this th- this this part that we're talking about right now. I yeah. think it's really really great stuff. Yeah. Right.
1: And, and and if I could, one of my favorite John Maxwell quotes is: uh, "If you think you're a leader and nobody's following, you're just going out for a walk." Um, <laughs> I think that's really appropriate. Um, and I think we're touching on destination and stuff like that. And I think that's really important—the vision. But I don't think it's the vision that gets the, that helps someone become a leader. It's the passion behind the vision. It's the excitement that inspires people to get on our bus and come with us to a shared destination. I I say that, see, managers manage jobs, leaders create crusades, and I think that's so important to understand is we've got to get something Behind, like if I go to my guys and say, hey, we want to do a million dollars this year. That's where we're going. Let's get excited about it. Yay. That isn't going to work. But if we get into something that's emotional, that's community driven, that's serving other people, because today, let's face it, the millennials, everybody else, they want to be a part of something bigger. They don't want a job. They want a crusade. And as a leader, we've got to be able to provide that for them.
5: If you think about it, really, what it comes down to is as leaders, uh, we are salespeople, and a, a really good salesperson isn't just pushing a product, they have a passion and a belief, a deep core belief in what it is they're they're selling, if you will. Um, and And we have that. When leaders are true leaders, they have that, and it comes natural. It, it flows through their veins and they pass that on. And basically, they're, they're selling everyone else on their team on this idea, this vision, this place that we're going. And ultimately, they will follow along with that uh, with the same passion, if they're the right person, like you guys were saying before, to be on the bus with everybody. So if, if I
4: tag on to what you guys are saying, Marcus Buckingham, the people over at the Gallup organization, I'm sure a lot of you guys have read their research and their books as well. The, the um I'm just making sure I'm not muted. The uh, North American employee engagement is like less than 30% of people go to work engaged, you know, and we can st- sit around and discuss what that means. Everybody else is going $100. just for the paycheck, like some of you mentioned, right? And so what is causing the engagement or lack of engagement? Well, one piece of it is is actually understanding what your job has to do with the big picture. And you guys are talking about the big picture, and I get that, but sometimes as leaders we don't understand that, they don't understand the big picture of where we're trying to get. I'll give you a tiny, tiny, simple, almost dumb example. Um, shop owner was complaining to me about his shop helper. He was supposed to wash all the wheels um, and all the rims and everything before he balanced them. Because as you all know, if you leave mud on there and you balance them, when the customer drives away and the mud falls off, there's uh, you know, it's not balanced anymore. And he was complaining to me about that. And the, the owner, I said to the owner, did the kid know why he was cleaning them? So I, I, he checked with the kid, and the kid thought he was just making them pretty. The technicians hadn't taught the kid why he was cleaning them, right? So here's an owner feeling like he's got to yell at an employee, and the kid didn't know what part of his job had to do with the big picture, right? Kind of a dumb little example, but I think that's part of leadership is understanding to communicate. And I think one of your talking points for one of the other guys was communication. I think that was Cecil's.
2: I think uh, I, I, for me – in order to have people in, in the game, and, and I see it as a game. Uh, I am a sales guy, and, and, and we're playing the game. And, and, and frankly, even winning the game is not necessarily the ultimate goal because after then there's going to be another one. But they have to understand why they're playing the game and, and what the game looks like. And 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 if you – I mean, in my sales classes, I spend hours – Teaching them why they have to charge what they have to charge. I teach about margins. Why, why in the heck would you teach a sales guy about margins? All he needs to know is how to sell something. No, no, he needs to know why to sell something and why to sell it at that price, right. and and what happens if he doesn't. Not not only to him, uh, to the business, but to him also. You know, what's the what's my place in this in, in this game in this vision? Uh, and, and everyone has to have a place in it, and you got to explain it to them. So I'm I'm behind you 100. I I think constantly talking about it. What your part is, keeping them focused, refocusing them, uh, is 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 absolutely necessary.
3: And I don't think it's and so that that's where the leader, the owner of the business, has got to invest in the team and make sure they're properly informed. And I run across way too many shop owners that will not invest in their team. They don't send them the proper classes. They don't want them informed, and they wonder why it doesn't work. You can't explain it. The person instructing the class can explain it to them. He's, he or she's a third party explaining it. And then it starts to make sense to them because then they see continuity starting to take place. But they have to invest in a team. You know, it's it's a lot of guys I hear. I've got to get my guys on the same page. you got to get them reading from the same book first before you get on the same page. There's too many options out there. So let's get on to the same book. Then we can move to the same page. And yeah. bringing that team together, you have to invest in them.
5: It is not Absolutely, Bob. Absolutely. You know, and the thing about leadership is, and you guys, I know all agree with this. Leadership has to be intentional. It has to be on purpose. It doesn't just accidentally happen because, you know, one day I fell into it. I mean, you hear stories <laughs> of that, but that, they fell into a position. They did not fall into leadership. And, and, you know, I, I highly encourage, uh, you know, getting outside of your business and building an actual leadership development action plan for yourself. So you're here and you want to be over there, what's the pathway to do that? What do you need to be doing? You know, what are you feeding your head on a daily basis? What are you spending your time doing? Who are the people that are around you uh, that you're, you're getting your feedback from and all those things. And it's not going to just happen on accident. It has to be on purpose.
1: Right. And, and, well, I'm sorry. One of the things, um, you know, first of all, managers talk about what leaders talk about why. Okay. And I think one of the big issues in our industry is we can only manage to the level we've been managed to. And there are so few real leaders as examples and models in our industry that they don't know how to do it. But they've got to understand that there's a difference between leadership and management. And they're probably both wearing the same hat, but they can't wear it at the same time. it's got to be something where they have the destination. They know where they want to go. They get people excited. You know, Simon Sinek with start with why you've got to get them to buy in first, then talk about what you're going to do. And I think that's critically important. And, and the first thing, if we want to grow leaders in our industry is we've got to give them resources and they've got to take advantage of those resources that are out there to help them become the leader that they need to for their businesses Because that's what's going to attract. Notice we can't chase help anymore. We've got to attract it. And that is one of the ways that we're going to do it is by becoming a better boss. Right. And showing people a brighter future.
2: So, so Rick, when you, when you figure out how to get the industry to really take part, because they don't, you got 15% of the guys, maybe 20% of the guys that keep coming to the classes. They've been to yours. They've been to mine. They've been to Jude's, you know, and and, and 75% of those guys out there, 80%, they're so busy just trying to get through the day that they they, they couldn't even take, a, a four, you know, four hours and go sit in a, a leadership con or read a book. Um, I, I, there's this idea that, that I can't be a leader because I don't have that skill set. Well, I, I say bunk to that. I mean – when I started 24 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, whatever it was, I didn't know anything. I certainly wasn't a leader at that time. Mm-hmm. I learned from good leaders. I I sought them out. Mm-hmm. I I went to Jim Hunt's classes. Uh, uh, I went to management success. I went to Arlo O'Connor. I, I took every ounce of education. I read book after book after book about it. And then I went out and tried it, and I failed, and, and I succeeded. And then I made changes. How do we get the the industry to understand that? there's great education out there it's easy to get it's no longer like it used to be you don't have to fly you know 6 days to go somewhere to, to take a class and and, and partic- you can learn i don't think you have to be born a leader there are people there's there's uh, if, uh what's the guy last night the uh, the the basketball guy it's going to be better than michael jordan um, there are michael jordans out there of leadership people that just naturally have all that talent and all that drive and all that charisma that people are attracted to and then there's other people that have learned it because they studied it because they worked hard at it right um, and, you know here's the thing Cecil
1: I, don't, I, I think the short answer is you know I, I watched the movie Avatar I really like that movie and at one point the the witch doctor goes to the guy and goes how do you fill how can someone with a full cup how can we fill a cup that's already full right when people think they know it and they think that you know, I'm doing it the way I'm supposed to be doing it. We can't help them. But what happens is when someone, I got a call from a a shop owner yesterday, been in the business 19 years, not a newbie. Yeah. And he calls me up and says, Rick, I am so tired. My wife hates my business, right? My wife hates my business because I'm never home and we don't have any money. And he's finally to a point where he's sick and tired of being sick and tired. And hopefully- Hopefully what we can do is everybody that's listening to this podcast, please share it with on Facebook, share it on LinkedIn, share it wherever Mm -hmm. you can so that your friends that are bored or doing something, listen to something like this can go, Holy crap. Maybe, you know, scratch something like a, like a dirty window and say, wow, there is something on the other side of this.
4: But you're looking at a common
3: denominator amongst all of you, you know, from Carm to Jude to Murray, Rick, Cecil, it's one thing that you guys have a tremendous amount of passion for what you do. And I have met so many shop owners, so many people in the industry. They don't have a passion for it. They, 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 they just fell into it and they're doing it to make a living. And they wonder why they're not happy. And what's the first thing they're talking about? How soon can I get out? How do I get out? Right. But they don't have a, a game plan B. They you know It's terrible to see people that don't have a passion for what they do. All they're yeah. thinking of is retirement because right. they don't enjoy it. And I'm sure you guys see, so I'm sure you've had it too. Uh, when are you going to retire? Why? I love yeah, what I, I do.
2: Yeah, exactly. Are you kidding I me? What I'm, I do. I'm doing <laughs> what I love. Are you is, do I'm doing it. what I'm good at? So, no I
1: enjoy it every day. I tell people, so, so I tell people, why up. should I give it
3: up? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I tell know, people, I know you guys are the same. Like it's just what we do. So, uh, I was if the working. industry could develop a passion at every level, it would change dramatically.
2: Yeah. yeah, but that's the leader's job, frankly. That's the guy that has to develop the passion within his people. The, there has to be somebody yeah. that does that. Otherwise, the company doesn't go anywhere.
1: Right. If you want passion, you got to have passion. Right. Right? And I, I tell people all the time, you know, they're, I'm going to retire the day before they plant
4: me. <laughs> right? I, I just love what I do.
5: do the day after.
4: You know, I'd like to give the some of the listeners uh, um, a little simple thing. Like, you're talking about 25% of people are taking this stuff, Cecil, and I agree with you. <laughs> As 75% of them are going to work for a paycheck. and And how can they get a handle that's little? Well, I've been working in this leadership concept, and I've broken it down to, believe it or not, a simple concept of a staff meeting or a toolbox meeting of seven minutes a day. <laughs> and... I know shop owners who have never done a staff meeting in 20 years in business. Yeah. I bring up, do a staff meeting, and their hands start shaking. I've never done a staff meeting before. Um, if they were employees, they hated staff meetings because they were always negative. And I say, sta- here's three rules I say staff meetings are positive, number one. Staff meetings are short, number two. And staff meetings, you have them the same time every day, no matter who's there. Because here's the interesting thing the person who calls the meeting is the leader. (laughs) Start with a toolbox meeting and your leadership skills will begin to develop. And you know what? Those people that don't make it to the meeting, maybe you have an employee that shows up late. You've got a tech on a test drive. You've got a service advisor delivering a customer home. So you've got somebody that missed that meeting that day. Guess what? When they come back to the shop, they're going to go, hey, what did you guys talk about? It's self regulates when you do short little meetings, folks. It can start little. We've got to give these people some little stuff to start with.
0: Hey, I'm with Brian Weeks from ATC Auto Center. Brian, why Jasper engines and transmissions? So I think Jasper, the reason why we uh, chose to deal primarily with Jasper is uh, the
3: quality of the product and the people. I know that it is a uh, associate-owned company, but it's more about the people. They do what they do uh, in this industry that is tough and they stay on top of the cutting edge engineering,
0: changing and maybe developing ways around uh, known problems and issues. So they're adding value. They're making things better. Oh, absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Um, They're taking a situation that you may have a common failure with and going in, taking it apart, Going through the engineering, the R&D department, saying, okay, how can we make this better? And then from that standpoint, it comes to us that at the end of the day, the end user gets much more value for the dollar that they spend.
0: Hey, Brian, thanks for your time. Carm, thank you. By the way, you know what I didn't do in the beginning? I didn't introduce you guys. We just jumped right in. Bob Greenwood's with us from Automotive Aftermarket E-Learning Center and great videos from Greenwood's Garage. If you've not seen that series, you've got to catch it. Cecil Bullard, the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. And Jude Larson, Director of New Business Development for the ACT Group. Rick White, 180 Biz, and Murray Voth Freedom Consulting. Um, you guys are on fire. In fact, if I had a button, I'd pre- press it and just cool you guys down. I love what's coming out of here. So here's my question with all the podcasts and the magazine articles and the training and you being out there in front of people. Why can't we take that 25 to 50?
5: I have an idea why I think it's because uh, a lot of uh, leaders, if you will, have a wrong uh, focus or mentality Um, because in my opinion, and I'm sure many of you, if not all of you share the same opinion uh, leaders, our number one job is to create other leaders. Um, if you just have yourself and a bunch of people following you, you're never going to duplicate. And that's what you're talking about, karmas. we need to duplicate. We need to expand. And um, I, in fact, one time, uh, gosh, probably a few years ago now, I put out a post about a question that I'd asked some people on my team. And uh, you know how great Facebook is. Everybody's very kind and gentle and all that kind of thing all the time. And uh, so somebody jumped on there and said something along the lines of, I don't know what your team is comprised of, but I'm glad I'm not a part of it. Because I put, what I said was, I asked my team this question. I said, what are you going to do about it? And so obviously, I didn't do a good job in explaining in that little quick Facebook post that what I'm actually trying to do is develop my team into individual leaders that are self-sustaining, self-thinking, self-perpetuating, and can then duplicate themselves as you bring in younger new new crew members and all that. So we can't just be, I'm a leader, and here's my five people, and yay, we're happy, and we've got a vision. It's got to be, I'm going to turn you into a leader, and you into a leader, and you into a leader, and then you're going to go get more leaders, and we're going to keep developing leaders. And then when we're done here, we're going to go out to the guy down the road, and we're going to talk to him, and we're going to show him how he needs to become a leader. And you just keep going and going and going and 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 selling the passion beyond just your core little business. And of course, as um, you know, consultants, that's pretty easy for us to do because we get into forums where we can do that, uh, like this, you know, podcasts or live classes or whatever, where you get a hold of people and you can share that passion and get a hold of their heart to where they go, man, I can do more. I want to do more. Um, and it's a subject that uh, I talk about all the time, and I know the, the other guys too do too. And it's super important to just keep. Keep talking about it. Keep doing it. Keep going. Keep pushing it. I,
2: th- I think there's a fundamental mistake that gets made. Uh, and the fundamental mistake is uh, about it's a cultural mache- mistake. And that is we are so focused on what's not right and what's not working instead of putting that energy in towards what's the solution or the potential solution. Mm-hmm. And I think further, we're afraid to make that mistake. I mean, we're on the edge anyway. We're working so hard. We're not making enough money. And if I make another mistake, oh, my gosh, it's it, it could be the end of the world for me. Um, what I what I try yeah. to do in my company is create these um, tasks, jobs that need to be done, things to be accomplished and get a team of people focused on solving that problem. I, I want them. I want them focused on solutions. So, you know, I don't. I don't have enough car count. Okay, great. What What's three possible solutions to that? What are three things that yeah. you could do that would make the difference? Um, my people won't, they won't have a meeting. They won't participate. Great. Then what you're doing isn't working. So how could you change the meeting? What, you know, have somebody else run it. Um, uh, 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 get three three suggestions from each person before the meeting about something they like to talk about. Uh, you know, it's, it's just if you're focused on what's wrong and what's broken and oh my gosh and instead of wow we've got an opportunity here to overcome something and really challenge ourselves and really have a great uh, you know business um it's it's cultural and and i guess maybe because the lack of leadership that's where we're at uh, i think there's too many guys in this industry that don't think they can get the job done uh, well, they just say that you
3: used a very important word in your explanation there change yeah And I know you've probably seen it in your classes, Jude, you guys have seen it is that if the average person is over 50 years old, they've been doing something for 10, 15, 20 years, and now they're afraid to change. And, you know, you look at the millennial generation, they want change. They demand change. And I'm a true believer because of the technology and the way this aftermarket is moving forward, you got to reinvent your business every three years now. And that means dramatic change has to take place. But you gotta have that culture of change in your mindset and have a team that believes that we have got to keep monitoring this and keep focused on it. But when people don't wanna change, how are we going to move forward? We gotta wait till the next generation. That could be
2: yeah. you know we can. devastating. We yeah. we cannot afford that in our industry no. till the next generation. We we're are at, at a generation. we're at a crucial point in our industry where we're either going to become professionals or we're going to disappear.
3: It is a profession right. and you have to look at it as a profession. As, as a salesman, I got to step in. The, the trade days are done.
5: <laughs> yeah. I just want to step in real quick as a salesman and say, you know, peop- the word change has been destroyed. People are, are terrified of it. So I like to use the word Improvement. Because everybody's cool with improvement. I mean, they don't have an issue with improvement, but it's the same thing. We're just making a change in the positive direction because, of course, you can make changes in negative directions as well. But improvement, 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 if we keep focusing on improvement, we're going to get that change. And it's not as scary to a, a, a guy who's, you know, afraid of leadership and all those other things. Of, Let's just keep improving. Like, what else can we do to improve? Let's move this from way to improve. Just keep going that and, way,
3: and Jude. I really agree with the point that you're making. There is that It is improvement, and a good leader. Once they've completed a function, they're now looking to embrace the next level. Right. Yeah. Keep moving forward,
2: and keep improving. Yeah. A person so, is not a leader sure. just stagnates. Well, stagnant's right. going to kill you too. Stagnant's going to end. It, it, it's going to end. I have a word that that we used. Uh, Larry Moore beat it in in my head for six years. It's kaizen. Small incremental improvement. That's 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 all we're trying to do. Tomorrow, let's do something better than we did did it yesterday. And and hopefully we're we're, we're focused on that that goal that vision, and it's going to take us closer to that. That's all we have to do, one step at a time, right. and, and we'll have better businesses. Yeah. See what I just I, want to tag on something. Oh, go ahead, Rick. I'm sorry i
1: I see change a little bit differently. I see change is a given. Change is external. Change is happening around us every day. We can't control that. Okay, and that's what cause sometimes is causing the heartache and the gray hairs and the bald heads and everything else, right? <laughs> um, what I see is change is external, transformation is internal. Okay, it's something where we can choose to improve, as Jude said, right, and transform our businesses. But guys, you don't like change, change happens every day. I got more gray hair on my head this morning than I had yesterday right? That's change. I got no, I guess I could buy a bottle of something, but I don't do that. (laughs) I got got a bottle of something, but I I can just, you know what I'm saying? So transformation is what it's about. And a leader has got to have that vision. Leaders got to have the destination and they got to have the purpose and the passion that's going to inspire people to do that. And you know Our neighbors and people, other shop owners, the 25 to 50, I think, let's get the 25% really excelling at what they do and making huge amounts of profit and, 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 and being able to attract all the great employees because they have, and team members, not employees, uh, the great team members because we have all the benefits that we had 20 years ago that nobody has today uh, and such like that. And then all of a sudden, they're going to be saying, dude, what are you doing? What are you smoking? How are you doing this? That's how we get to 50%. Yeah.
4: I wanted to tag on something that uh, both Cecil said and Bob said. Uh, Cecil was talking about, um, um, you know, come on, coming up with three suggestions rather than focusing on the problem. And something that I've discovered in coaching is that, that when you work somebody through that process, when they're focusing on bringing solutions, it actually reduces their anxiety. Um, the human brain cannot worry and plan and action at the same time. You can't. And this is one of the reasons why technicians uh, tend to, or owners tend to focus back on working in the bays versus working on their business, because when you're working physically, you can't worry. Your brain can't do that. But when you're sitting in your office by yourself, you begin to worry and you begin to seize up. So that was one point is it reduces anxiety. And to Bob's point about the about the uh, leaders and, and people coming in, uh, the, the other 75%, there's a piece of what's happening in their mind called cognitive dissonance they've been doing it for 25 years and it's not possible that there's a better way their their brain and it's not even their conscious brain their subconscious mind says there can't be something better because i haven't found it yet so those people those smart dumb those smart guys are on that screen talking that can't be better because i haven't found it yet and we have to break through that thought process of there can be a better way and i just love it when somebody comes up to me and says you broke through my fog like somebody said here they scratched the glass right scratched the glass i just i had a, a client yesterday she says i've been looking for something like this for 12 years she says how come i haven't found it before i'm thinking myself all of us guys on this screen have been around for how many years doing this? Right. And she hadn't found us yet. And I'm like, you know, just, she just went home just in tears that they have hope for their business. Right. And I tell you, it's so fun to get up in the morning, get on an airplane. Hey Bob, get on an airplane again and sit in an airport for 40 hours. <laughs> but this is what keeps me going is, is that kind of stuff. So thanks guys. Thanks for what you do. Man. I,
2: have, I have a great quote that I, I was sitting in a training class being trained. Um, and, and, and uh, memory and leadership and all kinds of stuff. I, I go to classes. I mean, I'm supposed to know it all, but I go to classes and I read books all the time. And w- one of the guys said, he lives kind of by this, this, and that is, if some can, others can. If others can, I can. If some can't, it mm-hmm. does not mean that I can't. Um, we need to have that mentality as leaders in our companies that there is a solution. There are other people... Who run great automotive businesses and do it well. And, 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 maybe there is multiple models that work and, and let me find one that works for me. Um, mm-hmm. because it's out there, it happens. I've got some clients that just do amazing things in their business. And then I've got other people that go, well, you know, it's the automotive business. You, you, you can't win. No, no, you can win. You just need help winning. and, and, and if it isn't me, then it might be Jude. If it's not Jude, it, it could be Bob. If it's not Bob, it could be Murray. If it's not one of us, get somebody else. Read a book, John Maxwell. Get uh, any Marcus Buckingham, something. But 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 we, yeah, we're at a crux. We need to, this thing has to step it up. And,
3: and you know, Cecil, there's one point I, I just want to bring to the table here. It's a lot of people uh, in the business who are owners uh, entering classes, and I'm sure you guys have seen the same thing. And the one question I asked them, Do you truly believe that your team believes that you have their back? Mm -hmm. Do you truly believe believe your team has your back? And I see stunned faces when they can't answer that question properly. Yeah. And then, it, then we prove it right because at coffee break they got to check their cell phones, phone back, make sure everything's okay at the shot.
2: <laughs> and 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 you cannot obviously give, you don't believe you can, it. Yeah, you cannot give them a hundred percent, and they cannot give you a hundred percent unless you you have their back. Exactly.
3: So and, and they gotta believe that, and they gotta believe in you as the leader that you have their back
2: at all times. Yeah,
3: and yeah. you gotta believe that yeah. your team has your back. So.
0: Let them alone and let them do what they're supposed to do. I love what you just said, Bob, because I I was going to challenge your thinking on where leadership starts. So so here I am. I'm one of the people who who really I'm I'm listening. Uh, I'm, and I know that I need help with that. So, guys, can you give me what's my first step if leadership starts with vision and everybody's got my back? Is there any way that you could help our listener realize what's the, what's the first biggest step?
2: It's hope. You have to have hope that things can be different or you, you won't do the rest period. You can't even create a vision unless you have some hope that your vision can be fulfilled. Hope is the first, it's the first step. And
3: the leader has to have that in themselves first before they can take it anywhere else. So if you don't believe
1: in yourself, you don't believe in your vision, you don't have hope for the future. Don't expect other people to. Right. There's two, there's two things I'd like to say. John Maxwell, again, if there's, if there's hope in the future, there's power in the present, right? That is incredibly important. And I think, uh, Cecil, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to up just a little bit. Um, you say hope. I think as a leader, it's my job to, to create, create hope in others. Absolutely. But it comes from my belief. Yes. Right. It comes from my belief in my vision and my ability and my deserving it. How many of us have coached people that have everything in place, but they don't believe they deserve it. Right. Right. That is sickening. And it's sad. You know, the other thing I want to share is there's this quote, I don't know who said it. I think it's unknown, but it says a bird doesn't trust this, the branch it's sitting on. It trusts its wings. Right. It doesn't worry about if the branch breaks. If it's got its wings, who cares? I can deal with this. I can handle it. I got to believe in such a powerful future and such a and, and, and get so excited about it. That's what creates the hope in others.
5: Yeah, I recommend I on a, just kind of a practical level. Um, I'm I'm with Murray. I'm a I'm a giant nerd. I don't know if I'm as well hidden as he is, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but um, I like data and I like I like feedback. So I like to use assessments um, a 360 assessment is super powerful there's, there's free assessments um, online that you can find. Uh, there's ones that will that'll weigh your whole team and, and give you scoring of how your team's doing uh, in, in different areas of, you know of, of the team. Um, but a 360 is great because it's honest it, because it's anonymous. They, if it's set up properly, you let everybody know that none of this data, not even the person who administers the assessment, can find out who said what, and then you'll get honest feedback. And it helps you to know where you're at, uh, you know, as a leader, and where the, the, where you think you are compared to where they think you are, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I recommend. I highly recommend them. I, I like to, I've taken them myself um, and learned lots of stuff about myself. Um, and, yeah. and how I lead, and and constantly trying to improve my leadership abilities. Um, so I like to start there. With I mean, that's assuming, of course, you do have the hope. Because why are you going to you know buy an assessment and bother going through that process if you don't even have any hope? But once they've gotten the hope to take a tool like that and be able to figure out here's where I am, because most people don't know. I mean, how many how often do we see those surveys that are done where you know management thinks this and the team all thinks that, and and they're totally flip flop backwards and upside down and the wrong information. Um, so I, I like to start there and get my get my nerd on and uh, get that information and data that I can you know crunch and figure out what's really going on.
3: Yeah, that's, I think, that's what we look at too. Is you got to have the data. Yeah, and that's why I revolve <laughs> everything around mathematics because it doesn't lie.
2: <laughs> Never lies. <Listen> lie. <laughs> I, th- I, I think there's uh, I think there's nothing wrong with communication. I think you need to be talking to your people all the time. You need to sit them down and show genuine interest in their concerns and in, 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 what they want, uh, out of the, out of the company. You, you can't, you can't lead people if you're going in the wrong direction. Um, uh, you know, I, you need to be talking to your staff. I mean, you go into places, uh, uh, somebody said it and they haven't never had a company meeting. They've never sat down with their staff and said, Hey, you know, what don't you like? And, and what do you like? And, and, and how do we help you have a better work environment? And, in, and you can't, if you're, Employees don't think that you're concerned about them and their lives. They're not going to, they're not following you. They're not going to give you hundred percent. There's just no way.
3: And yeah. Cecil, there, another good point is that first staff meeting or that have a staff meeting this way. And I've challenged all my clients to this. When was the last time or the first time you ever sat down with your team and literally open up yourself and say, why did I get into business? Why did Why did I buy this place? What did I see? How did I feel? Mm-hmm. And just explain yourself and let them mm-hmm. see that you're actually
1: human. So, you know, the, the thing here is what we're talking about is really perspective. And the more perspective we can gain, the better we're going to be at managing and running our business, whether it be a customer, a vendor or you know a team member. We need that perspective because we have blind spots and we need to see them.
3: That's why you have to have outside reference points, too. Right.
1: That
0: helps. Mm. If we were looking for the, the tab A and slot B, Bob, I almost think you may have broken the code. But, you know, by, by, by offering up, why did I do this? But uh, if, I was, if I was going to say, listen, I need a vision to share with my people. The first thing I wrote down was, listen first talk later, you know, listen to learn and let's go around the room in our first meeting and say, Hey, you know, why are you working here? What do you love about your job, the industry, the career? And it's not time for you to present your vision until you first hear your people. And you may need to hear them out for a while. I, I, all I'm saying is maybe we need to teach our people. How do you get the first step? And of course you got to read some books. You got to, you got to read some books and you got to go to (laughs) classes that these guys hold. Cecil. I,
2: I, I can tell you that the, the good leader, though, doesn't need to just sit down and share his vision. He's living his vision. He's he's or she that they 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 eat, breathe and, and, and sleep vision. You don't have to go. I shouldn't have to go to my people and go, I want to have the best consulting company in the world. They know that because I because I, I eat it, I breathe it, I sleep it. I, 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 I talk about it all the time. And, and when we're not when we're not at that that point, and, 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 and there are lots of days that we're not. Then I'm saying, what do we got to do tomorrow so that we are, right? And, and still interested in them and their progress. I'll, I'll pay for college. I want you, you don't have to learn, you know, uh, uh, auto shop. Learn something. Grow. Um, uh, you'll be a better employee. You'll be a better person for the world,
0: For the people that are struggling, though, with just getting over that first line and and creating a stronger vision and becoming a better leader, um, I I think there are some excellent points in in this uh, episode so far. Murray?
4: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, Bob gave us a really good hint about vision. I think sometimes we think, you know, big vision, big (laughs) pictures, you know, uh, taking over the world. But asking ourselves, why did I do it in the first place? Chances are I started with good intentions chances are I had an idea that I liked. Chances are I was excited about it at a certain point and the industry kicked it out of me. So I think Bob's right. Go back to why did I start? And I bet you that's the beginning of the vision. And then Rick said, it's about perspective. And one of the things that I learned from somebody somewhere and I pass it on to my clients all the time, especially when you really feel like like you just can't get a handle on something is I try to live my life controlling the things I have control over so i can deal with the things that i don't so i can control my parts margin i can control my sold hours per technician per day i can control you know my different things like that i can't control the weather i can't control sickness i can't control probably politics right but i can deal with those if i'm if i'm scrambling if i'm not profitable if i'm overactively you know activity based i can't deal with those unknowns and then what happens is psychologically as a person we're, we're in a spot we're in a tough place and we feel guilty we feel bad we feel like failures but we lump it all together we should only feel i guess bad i don't like guilt and bad and that's not but we should you know feel bad when you didn't take control when you could have you can't feel bad about the weather or somebody being sick separate the two i i learned that in my early years i was working 18 hours a day at my service station never being home you know finally took training from bob o'connor great old bob right like you know, read all of Bob Greenwood stuff. stuff. E.K. Williams, Bob, I've been reading that since I don't know when that started, right? You know, and then sort of pulled out of that. I've been in the trenches. I, I've known what it's like for those long days. And that's where part of my passion comes from is I, I got to the point where I could go on a vacation. I got to the point where I could come and go as I needed to, to be with my kids and stuff. So control what you have control over so that you can deal with what you don't have control over. And you know, Murray, you bring up the two. there is that... A lot of people are on their
3: own and they they think this in their own mind. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's why it's so important to have outside reference points, other peers that you can talk to, getting involved with the industry associations, attending the right events. Get perspectives that help and support to get over what you were feeling so that you understand you're not alone. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. people out
2: there. I, I think too many guys out there, too many business owners don't believe that they can control parts margin. They don't believe that they can control mm-hmm. uh, clients and, and other things that are such, I mean, I love the numbers. I, I, I'm i telling you, I, I, the numbers prove to me that I can control a lot of things in my life, that they're everything to me. And, and, and I don't know how you give those guys hope. I, I go back to you know, I, I understand, you know, I fell in a pit 20 years ago, shattered my legs, spent two years having surgeries, not nothing I could do about that, you know, period. But when I was sitting there, I could make a decision to go back to college and get a couple of degrees or I can sit there and feel sorry for myself. Which one are you going to do? Right. And I think we've got a lot of people that feel like their lives and their businesses are out of control. And, and it drives me crazy because I know, and I know you guys know that we can help them with that and and we can help them gain control and and gain uh, better profits. It's, it frustrates me that we don't have more people that feel like I can get this done. And, and I think
1: the owner has got to give, he's got to forgive himself. He's got to give himself Mm -hmm. permission that when Mm -hmm. you start Mm -hmm. down the leadership path, you are going to fall. You're going to stumble. You're going to make mistakes. Give yourself that opportunity. I tell my clients, Before you ever get to great, you got to go through suck. It's just the way it is. And, (laughs) you know, it's true. And, you know, that's the thing. And the other thing is you're going to get so much skepticism in the beginning from your people because they're going to think, oh, this is just the newest flavor of ice cream this week. And, you know, we're going to do this. you got to be patient. Your resilience and determination have to outweigh and outlast their skepticism. And you just got to stay with it.
2: Consistency of action. You have to, once you make a decision, you have to go down the path. And if it's a, if it's a path of failure, you go fail and you learn what you need to learn. And then you go down the next path. But I think you're breaking trust. We we said that people have to trust us and we have to trust them. When you're a leader and you come in your business, you say, Hey, I went to, I went to Murray's class and and man, I learned something and we're going to do this. And three weeks later, we're not doing it. And nobody's taking action. You're breaking trust Mm in your bond with your Mm -hmm. staff. I'd rather do it and fail miserably and then go, okay, that didn't work. What's next? Um, I always teach that that failure is a huge part of success. In fact, I teach my people to fail uh, because if you're not failing on a regular basis, you're not giving it the effort you need to give it. I
3: always say you can never understand success until you have failed. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So I want to go around the room and, and allow you to each do a little summary, if you will, and I appreciate that. Let's start with our um, the, the guy who brought the science to our meeting, uh, Murray Voth from Freedom Consulting.
4: My last talking point was uh, managing people is like herding cats. Anybody here is a cat owner knows what I'm talking about. Everybody has their way of thinking, and they're doing it their way. And I really want to tag on to what Rick said is that leadership and management are two distinct skills, and uh, you can lead and mentor people and manage systems and processes. That's my closing thoughts.
0: And thank you so much for bringing the science. Uh, you said a word neurology there before, and I started to shake. So that was that was good. <laughs> I think it, good stuff. Thank you. Rick White, 180 Biz. As owners, if you're out there listening,
1: feeling like you're stuck, feeling like there's no future, no hope, it's because you're stuck in victim thinking and you lost your why step back and get excited about your business again see the potential tap into somebody here we're all awesome at what we do right get help and get on board because you know what happiness is in life it's growth it's it's moving forward it's progress and you can you can jump on that that train that bus anytime you want
0: Thanks, Rick. Oh, by the way, when we repurpose this and you go to the show notes page, you'll find all the previous episodes from our panel. And I will also put each of your business website links in the show notes page. And that's a great point, Rick. Reach out to us if if you like what you hear. These guys are really, really tremendous. Jude Larson, Director of New Business Development for the ACT Group.
5: Yeah, I would say um, actually kind of bouncing off what Rick just said is uh, y- you need to uh, you need to start moving. You need to start getting in a direction. And I recommend getting outside of the business. Um, it's a lot easier if you go spend a day hiking in the mountains or you know fishing on the river, but actually have a purpose to it and what am I going to do? What do I really want to do with my life? What is what? Are, why did I start my business? Why am I even doing this? What's the purpose of it? So you then can take that back and share. And finally, just again, what are you feeding your head? I mean, if you're watching the news, if you're watching television, if you're, you know, uh, I mean, you can get everything we know. If you, I can't afford to hire a consultant. Fine. Everything we know is available for free through Carm on Remarkable Results. Everything, go mm-hmm. get it, take it, use it, implement it. Get as much going as you can. When you're ready for some help, bring somebody in. Um, but what are you feeding your head? Are you listening to these podcasts? Are you reading books? You, you can say, "I don't have time. I don't like reading." Well, figure it out because you, maybe you like being poor better. I don't know. I mean, there, you've got to figure out what you need to do to make something happen and make it be different.
0: Thanks for that, Juden. Thanks for the commercial. Uh, you know, when when you think about the, what the content library has in it, and you think of the resources and the wisdom that has been shared in the last three years, and you think over three hundred and you know audio learning lessons out there, I, I got. You know, I, it's a start. It's there. It's a motivator. It's it's insightful. But so many will listen and they won't do because there's this knowing doing gap. Yeah, I know I got to do this, but I, but I got to do it. The fact that I love the coach, the phenom in our industry of the business coach, because it's the accountability factor. Shake your heads if you agree that so much of what you do is hold your clients accountable for those steps for the, you know, and and that's. I, I, all I say, the most important thing you could do, you could be the most brilliant person in the world, but if you're not highly motivated and you don't, you know, you've got a plan, but you've not assigned who, what, when, where, and how, then your coach needs to <clears throat> sometimes upside the head. And I, I know some of you <laughs> have probably done that to clients, and they pro- at the end of the day, they probably say, "Thank you so much for all that you've done for me to to help improve my business." And,
3: and if they don't want to be held accountable, they just leave.
0: Well, yeah. yeah, and you know what? And that's and that's okay. It's it's no different than you know how you how you manage your ideal customer at your at your counter. Um, Cecil Bullard, the Institute for Business uh, Automotive Business Excellence.
2: Well, first of all, have hope because if one shop owner can run a good business and make a good living and have a life outside of that, then you can too. And and I would say second, get help. And, and if you, as I said, if you don't like the people that, you, you know, if you don't like me, um, you know, I look like uh, Colonel Sanders or Santa and you had a bad experience with Colonel Sanders. And it's fine. <laughs> Find somebody that you can work with. Um, uh, and, and I will tell you that my clients, all of the reviews we get from our clients is I wish I had done this 20 years earlier. Yeah. I wish I had known yeah. you 15 years ago. I don't know why it took me so long to do this. You know, it is money well spent uh, education is always money well spent and and, and i 'll leave you with the last one, and it 's a saying my uncle and I uh, used to say all the time, and it is that you can lead a horse to water, but a pencil must be led
5: <laughs> graphite actually. <laughs> he's a, he's showing his age there jude
2: there go, baby. Yeah, and jude is showing his nerd <laughs> thank you
0: by the way colonel has anyone ever said to you i hate your chicken
2: uh, <laughs> yeah actually it's funny i had a guy in an airport actually want to take a selfie with me and then <laughs> he ran across standards <laughs> at the airport uh, cecil of See, course so stop, I gave him a selfie.
1: wearing that white uniform when, you, you know, when you're traveling. <laughs> In that bow
2: tie.
5: <laughs> and carrying the bucket around with you. A picture, picture,
0: $5.
2: <laughs> I got to make some money somehow, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is some fun. By the way, you got to have fun. This can be fun. Business yes. is fun. Success is Fun. You can you can have fun.
0: Totally agree. Final words, Bob Greenwood, Automotive Aftermarket eLearning learning Center. Well, first of
3: all, I want to thanks for being part of this. You know, I follow Cecil, Rick, Murray, and, and Jude all the time, and uh, you guys are phenomenal, and uh, I really appreciate all of you. Thank you for being part, mm-hmm. and I, I enjoy I'll leave uh, leadership with basically three words. Um, a good leader, to me, reaches out whenever possible, not only to their team, but to other people, uh, for a vision perspective. Uh, they, a leader inspires their people. And when you inspire, you develop a following. And they also inform and keep the communication wide open. It's not a secret. And when you, you know, reach, inspire, and inform, uh, the leader will lead. And uh, the people that want to be part of that will join in. And the ones that don't, the bus door is open.
0: Well, thank you so much. You hit it out of the ballpark. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you and nice appreciate job. your friendship you. and yes, your guys, wisdom. You much, See this you. you Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.